You're listening to Were You Still Talking? Hey, welcome back. This is Joel Albrecht, again, as always, and today in my studio, okay, not in my studio, on the phone, not on the phone, but on the Skype, everyone knows this by now, due to the current situation, it's still June, if you're listening a year from now. Today I have Sean Anderson, who is a number one ranked motivation and self-help author. He's an international keynote speaker and a results-producing people builder. He's an entrepreneur since the age of 10 when he started a business selling worms to fishermen, which is pretty awesome. Anywhere that rains, you can do that. Sean has continued by building businesses and organizing events that make a difference in how people think. Sean is the founder of Extra Mile America and the creator of Extra Mile Day in the United States, a day recognizing the capacity we each have to create positive change in our families, our organizations, our communities, and ourselves when we go the extra mile. The, uh, I mean, he's done a, a number of amazing things. He's a seven-time author, which I already said, but he walks the talks. He has built a multi-million dollar company. He's pedaled a bike 4,000 miles across the U.S., not once, but twice. He's run a 100-mile race. He's created adventures in close to 50 countries, including having walked across seven countries. How are you doing today, Sean? That's, uh, that's quite a list of accomplishments. With humble gratitude, it is a privilege to be on. Were you still talking? <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you for, <laughs> for uh, giving that name a, a beautiful, beautiful reading. Um, you know, the, uh, I, I've read this list of accomplishments, and it always amazes me. You are a bit of an extreme athlete, is what I would call it. I know you call them adventures. Uh, have you... Your first bike ride was a, when you rode across the U.S. Was that before or after you walked across seven countries? No, it was the first. It was the first big adventure I did, and I found out that man, it was such a was such an insightful journey into myself, and such a such a moment to to learn how to maximize me. That that marked the beginning of every single year since going on a great adventure. Oh, that's awesome! So every year you you pick an adventure and and you go on, you do it, you do. Well, that. you know, just just not an adventure, but an adventure that scares the hell out of me. An adventure that usually is me just with a backpack, uh, getting off an airplane and and walking in some country, and then getting back on an airplane thirty or forty or even sometimes fifty days later. Uh, oftentimes, when I step into a country, my general rule is is the only way I get across the country is in my sneakers. That's it. Bottom line. I kind of know where I'm supposed to head that night. I start walking and I keep walking till I went from usually one border to another border. That is amazing. And and you answered like three of my questions in that question. I also love that. <laughs> I just like it when people answer some of the questions because that's what I wondered. You do it on your own with a backpack when you rode across the country. You just, I assume you had saddlebags. Did you camp? Did you have any kind of support or did you just like, I'm going to do this. Doesn't matter, uh, you know. I'll pedal through the fear kind of thing. Yeah, you know, the very first time I, I pedaled across the country, I did have the saddlebags, but I'm, you know, I, I'm not so, I'm not a tough dude and I can, I can handle the pedal, but you got to get me a, you got to get me a shower and a bed at nighttime. So when I pedaled across the country, I always found a hotel. And when I walk across the country too, I'm never camping. I mean, I've got everything in the world on my back, everything that I need to exist on my back. 
And although I don't know where I'm eating in any particular day or I don't know where I'm staying, I've never once not found a bed somewhere. Now, I have shared that bed with grasshoppers as big as your fist. I have shared that bed with a thousand different cockroaches in the room. But man, I've always got somewhere to sleep at night. Well, yeah, I've I've shared a bed with cockroaches in some of the nicest hotels in Hawaii. So it <laughs> <laughs> just happens. You're going to travel. Sometimes you get big, beautiful bugs. Uh, well, that's wonderful. How many um, how many pairs of shoes do you? This is another question. I, and I had another friend in here that had walked the uh, Pacific Crest Trail or a good portion of it. How many shoes did you go through when you walk for? Can you do it? Do you have one good pair of shoes? Do you or do you take extra? Oh, fiddlesticks! I uh, every 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 time that I go on a new adventure, I I, I start off about three weeks before I'm to go to go with a brand new pair of shoes. I, I just get them, I get them so they're feeling comfortable, a little bit broken because I'm about to walk at least 500 miles. The most I've walked is 750 miles. That was around Shikoku, Japan. And by the time you're finished walking, those shoes, the bottoms of those soles are wearing down. I mean, you're going up and down mountains and you're sliding through gravel and dirt and you're walking through mud. I, I was walking through Spain one time and I got caught in the worst mountain storm ever and i was walking across this this muddy field that turned into this deep clay and it got so wet so fast that i was literally sinking each foot up to my knee and i was just pulling that sucker out every time it was the slowest walk ever so by the time you're finished with a walk your shoes are really unwalkable again i would imagine yeah i would imagine I would imagine. And uh, do you feel like a completely different person at the end of the walk than when you started? Oh, man, you can stand in front of the mirror and you go, wow, you look like a completely different person. I mean, yeah, I think I think Japan, again, that 48 day adventure, I lost about 16, 16 pounds. I mean, first off, I'm a vegetarian. So when you go into a country and you're not sure where you're going to eat, Oftentimes, it's really tough for vegetarians to find food. I'm not a big bread eater. I'm not a big cheese eater. So, so yeah, you start to you start to really lose weight. Um, but you you come back. Not only physically are you changed, but you you've transformed your 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 passion. You've transformed and magnified your purpose. All of those things grow because any time in life that we push ourselves through a fire. And we get to the other side and we turn around and go, wow, look what I just did. Not only does it give us a toughness for walking through the next fire, but before we start the next fire, we have absolute faith that we can get through it. That is, uh, that's awesome. That's a, that's a big one. And how do, I mean, for the uh, average person, because you're a bit of a, I, I have to say, you're a bit of a superman. And I, I know you, you're, kind, you're very humble about it, but not everyone has the drive. And I think it's a lot of it is drive. I mean, I'm a musician, so I know that, you know, getting better at music is 90% uh, practice. It's, it's a little bit of talent and a lot of practice. It's just like walking. It's a lot of, it's got to be a lot of mindset and a, and a little bit of walking. How do you, what would you, um, do you have advice for like the average person who maybe doesn't have that drive, like how to, just how to um, have that passion every day, how to, how to, um, achieve what they want to achieve and and keep doing things really out of their comfort zone because that's that that's what you're all about it it's a like let's move out of that comfort zone yeah well i appreciate those kind words thank you 
Joel, for that. But, you know, never once in my life have I even remotely come close to thinking that I wore a giant S on my on the my back. Never once have I thought that I was a Superman. I've always thought I was a very ordinary guy. But what made me maybe slightly different was I wanted to live an extraordinary life. And I think when it starts with it starts with that, if you want to live an extraordinary life, you've got to learn to push yourself a little bit more. You've got to you've got to learn to stretch your comfort zone. You've got to be able to say I'm scared as hell to do this, but I'm I'm going for it anyway. Because each time that we do do that, our life turns a little bit extraordinary. We never become extraordinary, but we give ourselves opportunities and create experiences that are extraordinary. Oh, that's a wonderful wonderful way to put it. Yeah. And do you I mean, you must have moments, maybe you don't, but a lot of us do, where you have a little bit of self-doubt, um, you're not, uh, you know, maybe you're not sure about the next thing you're doing. Do you have, uh, like, exercises you do to keep yourself inspired, or, or is there, um, you know, are there, or you just wake up inspired every day, and you don't even have to think about it? Oh man, if only life were that easy, right? If only right. if 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 only we could program ourselves to the point that we woke every day and we we ran 26.2 miles a marathon, then we came home and ran wrote half a book and 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 wrote the world's greatest song right after that. I mean, only if life were so beautiful. No, man, I'll tell you what, any motivation, any inspiration that I play life with is 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 something that I create every morning when I wake up because I set my intention to do so. Just like most people, I'm fully aware that I can wake up in the morning and go, oh, hell, what do I have to do today? But that's where it all starts. I don't let my brain start running me. I start to run my brain. So there's three questions that I will start every day with. Those three questions are what help change my tone. Question number one, hey, man, what are you excited about today? So I think about it. Yeah, okay, okay. What what am I excited about today? Forget all the things I got to do. Forget all the things that are draining my energy. What one thing? What one thing, dude, are you excited about today? Question 1. Question 2. Who can I who can I take a moment and just encourage today? Who needs a lift? Who can I empower? Who can I share something with that helps maybe change their day? Who can I encourage? Question number three. Okay, okay. A lot of things that you wish were different about your life, but what's that one thing that you're grateful for today, man? What are you grateful for? So if I start my day with, what am I excited about? Who can I encourage? What am I grateful for? All of a sudden, what I started to do is reprogram the computer that sits on my shoulders. And if I start to become the programmer of the computer rather than letting the program tell me what I'm supposed to do, I've set my day from the very beginning. That is awesome. That's a really good way to start a day. That's, um, I think that's great advice, a great, great tools, really, for, for everyone. I mean, the, yeah, there are days that I uh, am thinking that way. There are days that I don't quite make it. But that's a, you know, really good way to put things. Uh, who can I inspire today leads me to, you are an inspirational speaker and where along, I mean, you've written seven books, you've walked seven countries, you've ridden across the, the country twice. At, at what point did you start saying, I really want to get out there and inspire others? I want to start speaking, uh, you know, and in, inspire 
perhaps the next generation or my generation, whatever it is. One of the great, uh, one of the great thoughts that I carry with me practically every single day is that life is life is short, Joel. Life is life is so damn ass short. If you take where you are now, it's so easy for you to think back ten years or fifteen years, go back to high school. So easy, it all went so fast. You know, one day we wake up and we're the same age as our parents. One day we wake up we're the same age as our grandparents, and we go, where did it go? What happened? So in, in, in realizing that life is short every day, it, it, takes the, it takes the sting out of risk. It takes the sting out of not going for it. And then when you start going for it enough in life and you go, wow, look what was created. Look how inspired I feel. Look how passionate and purposeful these changes that I'm creating are. You can't help but want to share that with other people. You never have the power to change another person's heart or mind or soul, but what we do have the ability to do, what you have the ability to do, what I have the ability to do, what a listener has the ability to do is to plant seeds and to water seeds. And if you've got something great that's happening in your life, you should be doing your best of planting and watering those same feelings and thoughts in other people. And and that's I think that's how we make a difference in life. It's not that we live life selfishly, we live life selflessly. When we start to maybe give another person an idea of of what they can do to go where they want to go. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That's that's um, really encouraging words. That's very uplifting, and it's uh, it's harder than people think. I I think at least it is for me. Uh, we need more people. If you doing if you it. if you think it, Joel, if you think it's harder, it becomes harder. That I've learned that too. I mean, I've got to I've got to watch my own self talk. If if I think I'm about to write a book and it's the hardest book I've ever written in my life, I can assure you I've just created the hardest book I've ever had to write in my life. So I don't I don't I make sure I catch myself before I think the things that start to sabotage me. I don't if I start to say, God, that is so that is so hard. I can't get up that mountain. I can't walk across that country. I go, What the heck are you talking about, dude? You don't have to do it all at once. Just do it your best today. Walk around the block, walk a mile, walk three miles, turn it into five miles before I know it, I've just done 10. So I take baby steps. You can't get to Z in the alphabet unless you go through the 25 letters that preceded it. Then that's how I get through life. I set a major goal and I work it backwards. That's where I want to go. I know I'm not getting there today, but I know that on step one, I can get to there. And that goal has 23 steps to get there. And I just have to get to one a day, and that's all I'm thinking about. I'm not even thinking about number two. I first really realized that when I pedaled the bike across the country the first time. I was so tired. I was in Salt Lake City, Utah. I was at a truck stop. My legs were jello. I got off out, and I was sitting there with a bunch of truckers. Man, they had their big semi-rigs out there. I had my cool bike. Here I am on the inside, and I see a big truck map on the inside of this 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 cafe, this truck stop, and I go, oh, cool. Let's go see where we are. So I go to the left side of this huge picture, this map of the United States, and I put my finger at San Francisco right there. That's where I dipped my back tire in the Pacific Ocean. Man, let's see where I am. I'm going across. The... Oh, my God. Utah's right there. Look how much further I got to go. Right there, that was such a defeating thought that I had that I was so tired, so wiped out, so drained, and I'd only pedaled from San Francisco to Utah, and I had way more to go. That's when I realized I never keep my eye on where I have to eventually go, where I want to go. I just keep my eye on my next step, my next mile. That's it. 
Wow, that totally makes sense. That's uh, that's a really good one because so I'm <laughs> sure that many of us get stuck in that um, that end game. Well, you know, I want to do, I want to be here, and, and I know I can say this by personal experience with starting a podcast. You know, uh, I didn't really know where, what was going to happen, but I, I'm getting at the point where okay, I want to grow this podcast, but I want it to be this big, and uh, it actually works for me. It's well, the way to grow the podcast is to do another one. Uh, that's how you, that's right. you know, one more that's podcast, right. keep getting guests like yourself, book another person that's going to inspire other people or that's going to have, you know, everyone has a story. So I really, I love that. I love that philosophy. And um, I was curious, writing seven books, I like to ask people this question, um, how do you write? Like, do you have a time every day to write? You, you set a goal, I'm going to write this much a day. Or do are you inspired in the middle of the night, or do you still do you write on on uh, bike rides and walks across countries? Do you have a way that you can write still? How does that? Uh, what what's your process? Uh, Joe, I'd love to answer that question, but before I do, is it okay that you inspired something? I thought back on something you had said before. I just want to I just want to go to that really quickly. You you said something profound about the end game that people they they start looking at the end game too much. I'll tell you what, the end game is what will kill you. If you look at the end game, that's where you will you will defeat yourself. I don't look at the end game. I look at the today game. It's always today. What do I need to accomplish today? What do I want to do today? Because if I live enough today's really, really well, the end game takes care of itself. Now to your question. Uh, I believe that the life worth living is the life worth recording. The life worth recording is the life worth writing about every single day. I believe that everybody should be a journaler, not only to, to, to give themselves a chance later in life to go back and really reflect and think about what they did and how they lived, but also to give themselves a chance to find their deepest thoughts, passions, and really think about it, to really get to know themselves, to become aware. Because when we become more aware of ourselves, we become more aware of our self-defeating thoughts and what's holding us back. When we become aware of ourselves, we become aware of what we love and what we should be creating more of in our life. We find that by putting pen to paper and writing, by putting fingers on a keyboard and typing. I write every single day. I've been writing every single day for over 10 years. If I'm walking across the country, the heaviest thing that I'm carrying in my backpack is my is my Apple MacBook Air computer, man. That battery weighs a ton because I never let a day go by that I am not writing in that journal. Then all of a sudden, if you choose to write a book later, writing is a natural part of you. Throwing the words on paper is a natural part of you. Your head, your heart, they all connect and go out through your fingers, and it becomes much, much easier. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, to, I don't think I've ever heard anyone put it that way before, that writing is a natural part of you. That, doesn't, that does make sense. There's, I have a long, I'm in a long period where writing down my own thoughts, is, I, I don't know, it's just been very hard for me. I guess it's because uh, of a lot of different challenges I'm facing. It's part of why I started podcasting because it's um, that way I can just talk it out. <laughs> I like talking to people. I like having conversations, but that really makes sense that uh, everything you said just then, it, it that just makes a lot of sense to me. That definitely resonated. resonated and then, you know, I've heard so many people that have been helped by writing and staying. And another thing you spoke of is, Really living in the moment is kind of what you're getting at. Uh, one of my favorite uh, inspirations is Eckhart Tolle, or Tolle, or however you say it. And um, 
the idea of, of living in the moment and not getting caught up in what's next or what happened before, I think is really important in people's lives. Yeah, you know, and, and that you are so right on there. And it's certainly something that I subscribe to in life right now. Today is June 25th. It's a Thursday out here on the West Coast. It's 1227. And I am so into right now this moment, this moment with you in focusing on your words and your thoughts and your feelings, because this is all I am guaranteed. And I believe that if we become focused on giving each moment just the best of us, everything else takes care of itself. When we bring our best to a moment, then that we bring our best to the hour, we bring our best to the day, we bring our best to the week, to the month, to the year, to the life. And that's all I can keep doing is focus on now. How do I feel? What do I think? Keep finding the best in both. Yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful philosophy. And it, it does keep people from being overwhelmed. I mean, there's a lot of things out there right now that are overwhelming everyone. And um, if they you if you kind of shut that off and look at where you are at the moment, it's gonna. It's just gonna make it a whole lot better for you, a whole lot easier. And um, now I lost. Now I lost track of of the other thought that I had. Um, oh, I was reading your blog about you were going. You were gonna go back and you were gonna read a bunch of books that inspired you when you first kind of started on this journey of inspiration. And you you uh, started to read the books and you realized that they weren't. It was different for you because you were in a different place. So, and I wondered, like, what were those books that inspired you before? And maybe what, what's, what are some of the things you're reading or, or listening to that are inspiring you now? Well, I, I believe that I started to really change my thinking when I, I started to, to, to read after I graduated from college. I started to read everything I possibly could. I, I was working graveyard shift at a 7-Eleven at that time. I was having a hard time even finding a job. And Graveyard shift is 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., and you know, not a lot of customers used to come in at that time. And after I stocked the floors and the coolers, man, I had that book with me, and I started I started just thinking, you know, if that person could, what makes them different than me? Why can't I? And every great man and woman in person and event I was just reading about, and I just wanted to soak that in. I wanted to, to soak in the struggles that they had. I wanted to soak in the how they ended up overcoming overcoming that belief system and how they found the strength and pers persistence and perseverance and fortitude. But some of the earliest books, I, I think the two earliest books that really marked changes in me was an author named Og O.G. Mandino. He had a book called The Greatest Miracle in the World. And how Og Mandino changed my life is he's he's helped He's helped direct my own writing style. Ogmandino in that particular book didn't give me the 10 ways that you dress for success, the 10 ways to become a millionaire, the 10 ways to have the greatest podcast in the world, the 10 ways to be rich, to have a great relationship. It wasn't about lists. I was so tired of reading lists of how to do things, man. I, I wanted something more, and Ogmandino showed me that you could write a story, a fictional story, and hiding within that story were these lessons, these powerful, life-changing lessons, and I'll pick and choose which ones I wanted at that time. Ogmandino's book is now, it's, it's, it's now how, how, I, how I write some of my books, his style. The second book was Benjamin Franklin's you know, autobiography, because Benjamin Franklin had identified these virtues, these 13 virtues that he said, that's what I want in my life. I want to be more like that quality. 
So every month he would focus on a new virtue and he would chart it out, think about it every day till he became, became that quality. And so that right there, that sparked this idea in me that personal self-accountability was everything and being able to create the human being that I wanted to become. And I identified where I wanted to go, what did I want to, what changes I wanted to make. And I started tracking those and working on those specifically. So that accountability system that Benjamin Franklin taught me, that self-accountability started molding good habits within me. And then once we have good habits, good patterns are created Good things come from that. Those were the first two books. So yeah, I, you know, recently this whole COVID quarantining hibernation thing, I said, hey, it sounds cool. Let's go back and reread a lot of the same books you did before mm-hmm. and and let's see how they affect you. So I started picking them all up and reading mm-hmm. and I found I found that real growth doesn't happen when we go back and repeat what we've already done. Real growth happens when we move outside our comfort zone and plant new seeds in our minds and our hearts. That's what I learned. And so then I started just picking up, uh, you know, and reading much more new things. And by the way, I think the greatest, the greatest invention that anybody should, that everybody should has is just a Kindle reader. I swear it's so fun to read. You download the books and you just go. Um, I've got a new, new, numerous books on my Kindle loaded that I read at one time. That's yes, absolutely. Those that is a wonderful invention. The other incredible invention, which started with tapes, is the audio book. Um, I was having some weird problems with dizziness and and eye issues, so I couldn't read. It's one of the reasons I started a podcast. But it was it was so amazing to be able to listen to an audio book and um, you know get around the kind of handicap that I had for a little bit. I'm just starting to be able to read again. My uh, wife has just discovered Kindle, uh, which was kind of funny. She wanted to get a book, and I said, "Well, let's you know, let's try this." Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I was curious because sometimes you sound a little like him. Have you ever read Jack London's autobiography? Uh, I have not, but I I I, I love Call of the Wild. Um, his autobiography is li- is better than any of his novels um, because okay. he thank, lived that that life. It's it's really something, and yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. I will definitely put that on my reading list. And you asked me what are some of the books that I'm reading now. Just I'm uh, just flipping through my Kindle. I mean, I I've got a, a combination of fiction and nonfiction that I that I go. I mean, here here's one here. It's an f- interesting title. If you meet the Buddha on the road, kill him. Uh, Ancient secrets of the fountain of youth. The heart of the the heart of the Buddha, running towards mystery, where the crawdad sings. Here's a John Grisham book, The Guardians. Then I'm reading Michelle Obama's Becoming. Uh, I, man, I've got I've always got so many books on my Kindle ready to go. And at any time, if I'm not feeling that particular book, I'm just switching over. You know, I I never believe that you got to get to the end of any particular book if you're not feeling it. Don't do that to yourself. Find what resonates with your spirit at that particular time and read it. If it's not resonating or if your mind's wandering, find something else. I think that's a wonderful philosophy because I've had, I'm a very um, kind of, I don't know, studious kind of person or, or set in my ways. So I always feel like, well, I started this book. I got to finish it. Um, it's only recently in my um, more wisdom age, <laughs> now that I have more wisdom or I'm getting older, whatever it is. So uh, that I've went, I've decided, well, if I'm reading some stupid book, I don't need to finish it. I absolutely don't need to finish it. Uh, really like John Grisham books for some reason. They, they, uh, 
they're really well written. And that's someone who started writing just kind of for fun and ended up being one of the biggest writers of our time. Uh, right. I, I've got I've got one of Grisham's books in my library right now that, that I'll be reading called The Camino Winds. You know, and oftentimes what I do is, uh, you know, uh, and uh, well, actually, I'm just scrolling here. I've got another one called The Guardians. I got two of your John Grisham books ready to go. So, yeah, excellent taste. Excellent taste, Joel. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right back at you. Uh, yeah. And you also, um, do you know about um, Michael Beckwith, Michael Bernard Beckwith? Have you ever listened to any of his stuff? I do. I, I have, rather. I have, certainly. You know, this is really, really interesting. I, I, anybody... Anybody who's a really super great motivator out there that's really, you know, kicking tail and doing great things, I, this is interesting, but I try to stay away from reading what they're writing because one, I, because that can be so close to what I'm potentially doing. I don't want to be a copycat. I want to be an original. I want to be more authentic. So, you know, when I, when I first started, I'd listen to, of course, I loved Ziegler and I loved Robbins and. You know, I loved all those guys and I, I soaked them up because I was, I was still such a baby and needing to feed my brain, all that stuff. But, you know, certainly some of the leaders that are out there that are the trendsetters that, that everybody's heard of, I won't, I won't read their stuff purposely because I want to develop and create my own stuff. Are you with me on that? Absolutely. Yeah. I totally see what you mean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's enough people hearing those ideas. You want to come up with new ideas, which is, I think that's awesome. I, that yeah, totally and I, that. I, the, I remember one time um, when I was trying to get my books published, this publisher said, said a long time ago, many, many years ago, and again, it was only his opinion. He said, man, you sound like a young Tony Robbins. And for some reason, that didn't sit right with me because I never want to be a young Tony Robbins. I don't want to be Tony Robbins. I don't want to. I don't want to be Joel Osteen. I don't want to be Michael Beckwith. I don't want to be the male version of Oprah. I, I'll tell you what, man. I just want to be the best Sean Anderson I can be. And yeah, we all are a part of every experience and person and moment that happens around us. But I never want to give up on my own authenticity and listening to my own whispers. You know, the whispers are those gut instincts. Those little those little urges that we feel sometimes that are planted by our own authentic self. And I think the truer that we become in following our own whispers, I think then that one, that's when we're going to find our greatest passion that keeps us going when life gets hard. And that's where I think that we start walking the walk of our greatest purpose too. I love that idea. The, um, absolutely love that idea following, following your own whispers and listening to your own whispers. Um, there's another famous author that says if he didn't write his books that he would be crazy. Um, Stephen King says that he writes his book because that that's the stuff that he <laughs> dreams about and hears about. And I think, oh boy, uh, glad he's writing. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> he's not my next door neighbor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, a little creepy. Oh Good my thing God. He's a writer. <laughs> glad, my, glad my sister didn't marry him. I'd have to have Thanksgiving. Ooh, he's looking at me funny with that knife. Oh my exactly. God. What's going on? Now, I found out oh, he boy. named his car Christine. Oh my God. Oh my God. His dog's name Cujo. Woo. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> 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 uh, but what I, <laughs> what I was going to, um, what I was going to ask is 
do you like sometimes uh, I feel like I'm only hearing the voice in my head and not the voice like in my heart with the whispers that maybe I would rather be hearing. Do you have any like advice for people or techniques to tune in more to to inspiration, to your your own inspiration or or your voice? Mm. 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 I'll tell you what, when I feel, when I feel really dull, I go take a walk. You know, I go take a walk. Not only do I get the motion in my legs moving, which creates the emotion in my heart and the emotion in my brain, but then I just look around me at the inspiration around me. I mean, you just, yeah, you can look at a bird and say, ah, there's a bird. But man, have you ever looked at a bird fly and go, man, look at how fast that dude's wings go. Wow. Where's he going? What's he singing about? You know, there's so many things in nature that that can inspire us and give us the feels. If we find that we're so lost in our own head and that we're just trapped in there and these thoughts keep hitting us over and over and over, that we start to lose our love for life, you got to go give yourself the feels, man. You got to go out and you got to feel life. Take a walk, go get inspired by nature or become a music lover, man. Music, I think for me, if, if, oh man, there's a perfect way. I'll tell you what, if I'm walking and exercising and running and listening to music, that really takes it up a whole nother notch because then I'm, I'm feeding my heart, I'm feeling, feeding my body. And then it starts turning my brain into the thoughts I, that inspire me. I'm not stuck on the dull, but I'm lifted to the inspired. And so those are perfect things to combine is music and exercise. You do that and you change your tone. You change your mood. You change your spirit. Then you change your potential. The Oh, that's wonderful. I, I always think the same thing. I mean, the, when I... When I get out and go for a walk, I look around at what's, you know, if it's a flower or a butterfly or a dragonfly or birds, and we have a lot of all those things, or squirrels going crazy. Squirrels always look like they're having such a good time. That will, <laughs> you know, that'll take me out of almost anything. And uh, a lot of times I look at people that are jogging with their headphones on, and I think, I could never do that because I want to hear the sounds around me. But what you're talking about is actually adding, um, that actually changes your brain when you listen to music. Walking changes your brain and listening to the music changes your brain. So combining them really makes a lot of sense. There's more and more science coming out about what music actually does in your brain. And it just, it lights it up. And um, also playing music lights up your brain. So if you play music, you know, and you're feeling down, I I know personally, it can help you a lot to play. And even if you're you know, not a musician, you just have a maybe a banjo or a or a ukulele or something. It it actually changes how your brain is is um working. Um it raises the vibration there. So that's a yeah, I think that those are really that's really good advice. That's a really good thing to to do to tell people. I always tell people get out and go for a walk and you know that's kind of the People might be getting tired of hearing it right now, but <laughs> it's the yeah really well, you know I'll makes gi- a difference. I'll give you an example. Every every Thursday, in fact, this week was number four hundred and thirty six in a row. I write something called Inspiration Thursday. It's a weekly newsletter I put out that either lifts, uh, it pushes someone up the mountain or pulls them up the mountain, whatever it might be. But it's it's designed to help inspire someone. A short little lift every Thursday. And and this particular week, I was I was I was really struggling with a topic to write. And I start writing earlier in the week so I don't set myself up for failure and w- wake up Thursday morning and go, whoop, what am I doing? So anyway, I'm I'm struggling. So it's a it's a it's 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 Monday and it's late in the afternoon and I'm in Northern California and. In, 
right now it's super, super hot here. We're on one of those really hot streaks and it was, it was like two 15 in the afternoon and it was literally 98 degrees out. And I just said, I'm headed out. And, uh, you know, I went out for a jog and I put my iPod on because then it just helped me forget the heat a little bit and it got me running. And I, I was listening to ABBA. Okay. I was listening to ABBA and I'm a huge ABBA fan. I love them. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden uh-huh. I'm listening to dancing queen and some of these others and I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling it. I'm not feeling the heat. I'm feeling my legs and they're going great. And my speed's awesome. And I'm like, going, Oh man, what am I going to write about this week? Oh, 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 I know what to write about. And so that's what happened. I, I sparked it with moving my feet, making my heart pump and listening to ABBA. And that's how this week I wrote my, my blog right there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's the way that's the way to get inspired. And it's great that you keyed in on it, you know, that that you thought about it as you're going along, you realize the change, you know, the idea popping into your head. That's one of the hardest things I think is actually catching ideas when they come. Cuz a lot of ideas go through my brain and some of them, a lot of them come and go, but it, so it's it's really good when we can grab them, when we can can get them. Well, here's a here's a tip for you to because I'm also in that same boat as you. So Chances are you're carrying your cell phone around with you all the time, right? Oh yeah, afraid so. Okay, I I have a, I have a running text message to myself. Okay, so even when I'm out jogging, the way that I wrote this when I was out jogging was all of a sudden I would I would do uh, I I did a voice translation text message to myself with all these ideas, and so then I get back in and I just transfer them over. So whenever I have a a a something that I go ooh 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 I love that. I send myself that text message immediately. Even at nighttime, I sleep with my cell phone next to me not to hear the phone ring, but so I can send myself a text message if I wake up, wake up in the middle of the night and go, that is a, a great idea. I don't want to forget about it. So send yourself messages. That makes a lot of sense. And it also goes along with the, um, the running idea that I have uh, to use your darn cell phone as a tool because, <laughs> after all, it is a tool. You know, It, it seems like we... It gets underutilized a lot. There's like a thousand gadgets in your cell phone that can be extremely useful, not just the step meter. So uh, that's, yeah, that's a really, really good idea. And I do, I use my cell phone for notes all the time. When I, uh, back when I was doing plays, I would use it to record my dialogue and, and listen to that over and over. So yeah, that, I think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah, so, years ago, I just, I used to sleep with a pad and a pen just by my bed so I could wake up and write it down. So mm-hmm. technology just makes it so I don't have to have the pad and the pen anymore, right? Right. It just makes it even that much easier, really, uh, which is a wonderful thing. And yeah, it's great, I think, as long as you don't think you need a new one every 10 minutes. Uh, unless you own Apple, then buy a new one every 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But listen, I know you uh, you had a, a schedule to keep today. I think you needed to, to go soon. So I wanted to start my wrap-up here. First of all, you are at, it's seananderson.com? Is that correct? Yes. You have seven books out, and you can get uh, all of those links are on the website, plus a blog, plus uh, inspirational messages. Um, also, you, can, uh, you have links for your... If you want to, if someone wants to hire you for speaking engagements, there is that. That's all right, right? It's it's all right there. And and if anyone's interested in the whole extra mile thing that we've established across across the country, I mean, five hundred and 
53 cities last year declared Extra Mile Day. There's extramileamerica.org. And when you look at the number of cities across America that, that, that said, yeah, we want to clap for those going the extra mile in volunteerism and service, it's pretty impressive. So seananderson.com, extramile.org. Oh, yeah, that part is uh, amazing. Thank you for putting that in there. I think that's an incredible uh, organization and incredible way to inspire people. It's, it's really great that you started that. Um, and just, you know, that you're inspiring people. Keep doing it. Thank you. And, you know, thanks so much for coming on and spending some time today. Uh, anyone listening to this, you're listening to, were you still talking? This is Joel Albrecht, and my guest today has been Sean Anderson, and we've been talking about inspiration. So if you're inspired to share this podcast and inspire more people, yeah, please do so. Also, if there's something else, if you want to ask a question about the podcast, and if you, for either of us, I'll, I'll get it to Sean somehow. Leave it in the comments. And, uh, oh, as I always say, thank you for listening, and be good to each other.